I tell you all the time how much I like on demand. Let me tell you why. Because I like getting my food when I like it. I just am like that. I like to go to the menu and say, I want this and not that. So this is one of those moments when you've chosen to be with us and we're honored to have you with us. So open up the Word of God. Join me today as I take you on a journey that will change your life and lift your spirit and give you vision for your future. God's best will come your way. Enjoy today's message. I want to um, take you on a journey today where I talk about your plan for you. Can you sit up with me, please? Join me really loud. Sound loud. Say, your plan for you. Last week, we talked about the importance of God having a plan for you and how that all works. And this all comes under the uh, theme of dreaming again. Every year, um, I try to answer one question, and the question this year is, how do you dream again? The theme is called dreaming again. Everybody has to come to the point where they realize something's happening to them where they realize that somehow between here and there, somewhere, I stopped dreaming of my future. I stopped planning for my future. I'm just existing. There is no specific task I'm trying to accomplish. And so I'm just getting up every morning, going through the routine. But if, if, if I asked you where are you going, you couldn't say. I think churches get misguided. I think pastors get misguided. And if you ask us what we're doing, we'll probably say something like, we're dreaming of a bigger church with more people, which is not a dream you should have, in my opinion. I don't think that's a healthy dream to just fill up every seat. I don't think the dream should be just get more money or even more buildings. Your dream should should have more practical, helpful, long-term substance to it. You should be talking about making bigger people, helping families be better, Helping the community. Um, Jesus had 12 guys in his, in his church, and they changed the world. Numbers are fine, but I, I think there's, there is a wrong focus when you just get locked into a, a definition that's really narrow. And, and with religious people, it can become really narrow very easily. And there have, they have no real substantive strategy and if they're not careful over time they become very immature if you talk to them and you ask them so what are you doing with your life I'm serving Jesus hallelujah that's a nice answer kind of sort of but what are you doing with your life they'll have no plan there's no strategy that's mature that has a specific plan and so they end up just kind of floating now, here's what I learned about God, and I said this to you last week. God does have a specific plan for us. And the goal is to get us moving in a specific direction. But what I've learned is, for a lot of people, they rely on God to do all the planning. They expect him to give them a Bible, give them the Holy Ghost or whatever, and then he kind of guides them like this all their life, and they don't have to even think about it. So if they don't have something, for example, just just when you see it, if they don't have something, they blame God for it. They blame God for the size of their checkbook, their opportunities, lack of opportunities, health, everything they blame God for. Why did you give me this crazy man? No, you picked him. You were involved in this process. Somehow we want to push it all off on him. So today, I want to talk about your plan for you. 
we know God has a plan. God has a dream for us. But what is your, your plan for you? Luke 14 takes us on the road. And these are, this is from the mouth of Jesus, and it's really powerful how he says it. Which of you intending to build a tower? Verse 28. Does not sit down first and count the costs, whether he has enough to finish it. At least after he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, this man began to fill in the blank, build, get married, go to college, fill in, I don't know, build something. He began to build and was not able to finish. That is a bad feeling. Or what king going to make war against another king does not sit down first and consider whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000? Or else, while the other is still a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks conditions of peace. So likewise, whoever of you does not forsake all, how much? All, all that he has. Say it like, how much do you have to forsake? All that he has cannot be my disciple. This is, not, this is a, a, a very profoundly uh, simple but, but incredibly helpful text because what he says is you have to think about you. When we're dreaming here, I don't want you to just talk about what God's thinking. I want to know what you're thinking. And I want to know your involvement in the thinking process. There's a, um, there's a simple process that I think could help us with that. And there are seven signs that I think you have a healthy, healthy plan, a healthy dream for yourself. And the first thing I want you to notice is that your plans are specific. Can you say that please? Come on. Your plans are what? Specific. You need a specific set of goals and objectives for your life. Ones that you name. In the example that Jesus gave, he said there was a guy who was building a tower. A tower. One thing. Specifically named in the text. Not trying to do everything. He's building a tower. What is the tower you're trying to build? What is the specific plan you have? The guy had the plan. It was his idea. Now, I understand that you want to do what God wants you to do and you want God's will for your life. But notice Jesus said this great thing in Matthew 20 to the disciples when they came to him. He said, what do you wish? So what is your tower? What is your plan? What is your goal? What are you trying to do? If you're not careful, you'll be all over the map. I've learned in my life that sometimes I'm, I've not been focused enough. What is my one goal today? I'll tell you what it is. To get you to think about you. One goal. I have one tower. In your life, do you have one tower? Can you name the one thing you're trying to accomplish? Just one. And I love the fact that he says, not only should you be specific, but he goes on and says, watch this now. He describes, that, a, a, he describes the building process as something that's maturely approached and maturely analyzed. So here's the description. If you are going to have a healthy plan, number one, 
your plans will be specific. Number two, your plans are going to be intentional. Notice what he said in the text. You need to, first of all, sit down and decide intentionally that you're going to do this. Now, I got a little bit ahead of myself, so let me just do this. Let me list all seven, and then let me come back and make sure I say it right. Seven signs you have a healthy plan. Say, your plans are specific. Come on. This is how you fix things. Say, your plans are intentional. <laughs> so your, your, your plans are maturely analyzed. Your plans are rightly priced. Your plans are honest. And then your plans are to finish. And lastly, your plans are to prepare for vulnerable seasons. Say that. Your plans are to prepare for vulnerable seasons. If you are specific, you have a chance. If you can name a tower, you have a chance. If you cannot name a specific thing you're doing, you're probably doing too many things. The second thing you need to do is make sure you are intentionally moving forward. Decide where you want to go and don't just do everything everywhere and have yourself spread out. I, I used, to, I used to think that God was the one who had to be intentional. I thought it was God's plan and God's desire for my life that made the difference. I thought it was God who was the one. But I've learned that's not true. I have to sit down. The guy sat down and intentionally looked at what he wanted in his life. Be, be honest for a minute. If I would pull back your intentions, if I could just for a minute sit down and say, what do you really, really want? Which of you intending to build a tower? What would, what would be revealed? Now, here's what I've learned about myself. I often lie to myself. Some things I think I should want, but I really don't want. Anybody did that game, played that game before? Yeah. Maybe my family wants it. Maybe my, my, I don't know, peers want it. But if I'm honest, there are some things that I'm not intentional about. There are some things I'm not specific about. And so the first two things on this list, signs of, of a healthy plan, I've got to be, have that honest moment with God and say, okay, sir, you are not clear about what you want. So it's going to be very difficult for you to lead people. Number two, sir, you're not intentionally doing anything. You're not, you're not intentionally trying to eat right or exercise or whatever it is, save money. You're not intentionally trying to raise money. You're not trying to, you're, you're not intentionally doing anything. And so if I can have that moment, that says to me, my plan for me is not a good plan. Because if my plan for me was good, it would be specific and intentional. Can you say those two words? Come on, say specific, specific. and intentional. intentional. <laughs> can I just give you a, a sermon lesson? Watch this. When you're preaching a message, right? And I see guys go through this, and I'm always, when I'm in, in, in watching a guy preach, I can tell if he's thought about it. Because if he gets lost, he can find his way back to the front. 
if he didn't know the seven things he was going to say, if he does get lost, he would stay lost. Have you ever heard a sermon say, I don't know where he's at? Now, four minutes ago, I was going, what in the world? I, my, I need some glasses. I couldn't see, and I got a little bit lost, but I know the seven things, so I'm still okay. Everybody say amen. Huh? And, and sometimes if I'm listening to a guy, and I say, well, do you, do you know where you're going? I said, re-rack yourself a little bit. That's how you must do in life. In life, sometimes you're talking. You ever been in a conversation with your spouse or somebody, and you get in a conversation, and you're mad, don't know why you even talk, what you're talking about? Or you've been mad with a friend. And sometimes it's because when you started the conversation, you didn't have a clear idea what you want to talk about. You want to talk about money. No, we need to talk about the bill due today. That's the one specific topic, not all of our money habits. And so if, you, if you're not clear, you get lost. In life, you can get so lost because you have not intentionally, specifically aimed at one thing. This church must aim at one thing. That's why I told us we're going to give the three things. We can't, be, can't, can't give to all the countries in the world. We can't do missions all over the place. We pick one country, Uganda, that's it. We got local missions, we name them, that's it. You have to be, this is the tower we're trying to build. This is what I'm trying to do. And now that I've named it, I must be intentional. I want to look this way. I want to be this weight. This is my, my tower. And if I want that weight, what are the specific intentional things I must do to get there? That means I have a healthy plan. And so I want you to be honest for a minute. Sometimes we just don't really know. And that's that, that's that meeting we got to have with God. We got to have a meeting with ourselves. And say, okay, mister, all right, sir. So now you have named what you want. You understand you got to be intentional. Here's the third thing you got to do. Number three, you've got to be maturely, you, gotta, you have to maturely analyze what you want. You got to sit down first. Look at it again. Which of you intending to build a, a tower does not do what? Sit down. You have to sit down first, Luke 14, 28. You have to sit down. The third thing you do is you sit down. And that requires mature analysis. Here are the facts. Here's, here's what I see. I make this much money. I have this much time. And I am behind. My homework assignment is due next week. It's a 50-hour assignment. I have 20 hours to study. I'm in trouble. I should have started this three weeks ago because this requires more time than I now have. So now i got to burn the midnight oil. I've got to hope I get it right. I have very little time to edit because I waited too long. So the next class I take, I learn from that experience, and now I know what tower I want. I know what grade I want. I am intentional. And so what I do is when I first get the syllabus, I do what? Sit down. And I analyze my schedule. And I say, okay, I can't go to that conference. I can't do this. I can't pick up that phone call. I can't watch these movies. I can't, I can't, I can't. 
and I have to say these are the things I'm going to do because I want, I want that tower. That's my decision. That's me working on me. I can't be around those friends because if I'm around those friends, that means I will never get to that tower. I must intentionally sit down, look at my friend list and say, jail, 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 bondage, bondage, bondage. And I must choose people that will help me get to the tower I'm trying to get to. Can I get an amen, somebody? Come on, amen. Are you hearing me? You've got to decide, and that's your decision. You may get a little bit confused. It's okay. As long as you write down what you're trying to say, and you're clear about it. So what is your tower? What do you want? Fourth thing you got to do if you want to get there is this. Watch this. (laughs) Great plans are honest. You tell yourself the truth. I'm going to tell you something. If you're not truthful, it's, it's over. I, watch this. Now I want to see how many people will be honest in church for a minute just to benefit to help other people. How many of you have seen other people lie to themselves? Great. Okay. Now, ready. Let's, let's see how honest we are. You ready? How many of you, an honest review of your life, after looking back, you'd say, I have lied to myself? There you go. What about? No, I won't ask you that. But <laughs> We've all done it. We've all done it. One of the things that's helpful to me is I try to be brutally honest. Let's say, for example, if I get upset about something, the next day, most of the time I'll say, okay, Ricky, let's replay that tape. I have a little conversation with myself. Why were you angry? What were you angry about? Why were you feeling short in that conversation? What was it that made you uncomfortable? And there's nobody around but me and God, so I just say, well, I didn't like A, B, C, D. Uh, I felt a little bit uncomfortable with this amount or with that issue. I felt that was, you know, and I'll say out loud, sometime in prayer, what I felt. That honest moment helps me. See, good plans don't work if I'm not honest. You know what you're going to do. And sometimes, let me tell you, what really helps me. I don't listen to what I say. I watch what I do. I watch what I do. Um, it was funny, but I really see this with eating food. I, I, you know, I, I, I make this declaration about what I want to be and healthy and stuff. And then, <laughs> I, uh, even this morning, this is hilarious. This morning I got up, and I was, I, you got here, you know, and I, I said, oh, I'm hungry, I'm a little snacky. I said, I think I'll run by Burger King and get that. Uh, I like those French toast sticks. Good God, they're good. Man, you know. With sausage or bacon, that's terrible. You don't even look at the calories. Don't even look at that stuff. And I said, you know, I said, okay, no. Because I rarely eat it. I mean, I eat it like maybe twice, three times a year. Okay, three times. Not, not much. But, I, but when I feel like I just want to, I'll cheat, I'll go get it. So, and there's nothing wrong. I won't die. It's like I'm not going to die. It's not like eat, eat, eat and die. I'm not, it's not like that. But in that moment, I had this thought. I said, okay, so this morning, this is this morning for church. I said, okay, Temple, um, what are you going to do? What are you going to do today? What are you going to do today? Okay. All right. You, I'm 191 pounds. You know, I, I weigh every day. That's just my little thing. Okay. And I, okay, I'm, you're trying to keep it right. You're trying not to let it be too far because it can go too far. And then you go, oh, Jesus, on this day, you know, when you go this way, you really see, whoa, Lord Jesus, 
good God Almighty, what done happened? What done happened? How did, you know, you do, you know, you know. But you know, here's what I said. I'm not mocking anybody. I'm fighting it too. Let me tell you, I'm fighting it every day, you know. So I had to be careful. So I was, so I was, you know, so I was, I was deciding, man of God, on the way to church to preach the gospel. I was deciding what I was going to do today. And so I had time, you know, I dropped down off. I said, well, I think I'll turn toward Burger King. So I started driving. Now, I decided before I pull out the parking lot that I'm not going to go there today. I'm going to go to the grocery store. I'm going to buy me some fruit. And I, I, I walked in the grocery store, praising the Lord. Victory is mine. Victory is mine. Fruit, fruit, fruit today is mine. <laughs> I told Satan, no Burger King. <laughs> Now, some of you have Burger King. I hope it was good. Listen, I'm not trying to put you down. But I went and got me some fruit, got me some nuts, got me some healthy stuff, made me a little sandwich. Hallelujah. You know, and uh, got my little, and I, I restocked my office fruit stuff. And I got me some watermelon and some stuff out, you know, a good healthy breakfast. And uh, trying to try not to eat grits every day in Jesus' name. Amen. And try to be healthy. And I'm doing pretty good. Now, I'll, here's my point. I, I realized that I had to be honest with myself. Here's what I came with. This, this came to me in the grocery store this morning. So come on, say it with me, please. Say, say one, one plus one plus one equals three. Plus one equals four. This is very easy math. You can all work with me. You ready? Okay, watch this. Ready? One bad decision plus one bad decision plus one bad decision equals three bad decisions plus another bad decision equals how many bad decisions? Four bad decisions. That's the end up with a bad life. But if you make one good decision, small, plus one good decision, plus one small good decision, before you know it, you got a good life. It's all about making good decisions. I am not saying you can't have a fry. I am not saying you cannot have some fun. I am not saying that. The other day, I had some pressures that came upon me, and I decided I'm going to bone fish and get the bang-bang shrimp <laughs> and the salmon with lemon, lemon butter. Butter, I said. I said it. And I ate every bit of it with joy. Well, I ate half of it. I took half home and ate the other half the next day. That's my other cheat. I'll, I'll split it. Like, okay, half today, half tomorrow. But, but notice what I'm saying. I'm intentional. And I'm honest. Are you honest? If you're not honest, the deal is over. We're not going to build this tower. We're not going to reach this goal ever. As a church, as a ministry, forget it. That's how religious people live in the wilderness. That was a symbol for you. The Lord said, if you don't listen to me, you will live in the wilderness. You'll wonder for 40, 50 years, 60 years in the wilderness of bad health, in the wilderness of financial chaos, in the wilderness of strife, in the wilderness. Because you won't obey God as a wife, God going to put you in the wilderness, girl, by yourself, wandering around, brother man. That's where you're going to be, in the wilderness. And everybody that you see you will be in the wilderness. Then you come to this church and bring your wilderness with you. And ask us to get you out of the wilderness. But we're never going to get you out of the wilderness because you won't listen and you won't be honest. So you're going to live in every church you go to in the wilderness. Because the wilderness travels with you. Can you say amen if you're hearing me? 
because the wilderness is there because you're disobedient. You won't hear God. It doesn't matter what anybody preaches to you or says to you. As long as we don't obey God, we're going to live where, people? In the wilderness. We're going to live in the wilderness, and we can't have God's best. Come on, say amen if you hear me. We'll never find the rest. The rest that God said last week, I talked to you about that he has for the people of God in Hebrews chapter 4. You'll never get there because you won't obey God. And that's a decision you make. Do I want to live in the wilderness? If I don't, I got to be honest. So here you go. You ready? Number seven. There's seven things. A good plan. Seven signs you have a healthy plan. Number one, you are, your plans are specific. Number two, your plans are intentional. Number three, your plans are, your plans are maturely analyzed. You sit down first. Before you do anything, you sit down first and you count the cost. And then number five, your plans are honest. You tell yourself the truth. And number six, your plans are to finish. Your goal is to finish. Luke chapter 14, verse 28 again. For which of you intending to build a tower does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he has enough to finish. The goal has to be finishing. I'm not just going to be building a tower forever. There are churches, and I say this with great love, and I don't mean any harm, I'm not throwing off anybody. They have built buildings, and they couldn't finish them. They, they spent millions of dollars, and they couldn't finish. And here's why they couldn't finish. They weren't honest. They were not honest. There's something about coming to grips with yourself beforehand and being really clear. This is the honest truth. As a pastor, that is my goal. My goal in this season of my life is to become be more honest. I'm not saying I was ever dishonest, but honester. If I can make up a word here. If I can come to a point, because, you know, sometimes you think you can see. Sometimes you really do, but there's something about sitting down. And so in the last few weeks, what I did was I said, I'm, I'm staying home, and I'm going to sit at my table. I have a table in my dining room. So I'm going to sit at this table, open my Bible, read the Word of God, plan the sermons out for the next several weeks, months. Where am I taking this church? What, what is the tower we're trying to build? When's the last time you sat still? You know why I don't like to be busy and I don't ever use the word? Maybe I should. Maybe I don't know what you think. I'm just got an issue. That's okay. I always say I'm engaged. I, it's, it's a play on words, I know. But, but there are two reasons I don't really use the word. One is because if I say I'm busy, all of you, you say it all the time anyway, so I don't need to help you with it. Because people greet me and say, I know you're busy. I go, oh, boy, thank you for telling me. I don't want you to ever feel like I don't have time. I mean, and sometimes I understand, you understand in our world, you don't have time for me. I understand that too. Life's like that. But, but I, I, want, I want people to feel like they can approach me. I really do. That's just my little thing. But, but, but the most important thing I, I feel about busy is if you're busy all the time, you don't have time to think. You have what I call no headroom. I, I, that means you, you can't think. There's no, there's no time to plan. There is no time to sit down. There is no time to analyze your life. There is no time to figure out that you are going in the wrong direction. There's no time to look and see this tower. This tower is not going in the right direction. There's something about pausing and having rested time. I mean, I think church, you know, pastors, they pray for me because I always, this is what I say to most of them. You're too busy. You have too many services and they're too long. This is too much. I mean, people don't have time to go fight the devil. They try to be, stay awake. I mean, in church. I mean, they're, they're, they're tired. 
And I sang this to a pastor the other day. He was laughing. I said, listen. I said, you know what God was saying to some of these churches? He'd say, go down, pastor, way down in church land. Tell, old pastor, let my people go. <laughs> they spent all day in church all day. Let my people go. You preach so long, they fall asleep. Let my people go. That's what he would say. This is too much. So I, 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 can I get on my, I'm going to get on my horse for a minute here for a second. Sunday I preach, right? Today, or I preach on Sunday. Now, you, the word doesn't run out on you by Wednesday. Excuse my grandma. So I got to come back here Wednesday night and preach again. Why? The word ran out that fast? It's gone that quick. <laughs> Take the notes home. Read them on Wednesday. Well, I'm not coming back here on Wednesday. What I'm coming back for? I only do classes now. I did that for 20-some years. I was, you know, and can you, have you ever thought about how much studying that takes? I, you cram on, you start cramming on Wednesday, right? Thursday for Sunday, and then you hustle and you just hustling you 20 hours or whatever. Long time to put sermon. It'll take a while, you know, put all that together. You know, don't take notes. Don't even put that in there. All right, and then you 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 get that sermon done on Sunday, and then you're off hopefully on Monday. But when you got to preach again, Wednesday. <laughs> so all day Tuesday, and if you got a job, you know, you're trying to study on your lunch break. You know what I'm saying? And then by Wednesday, you preach again. Then you got to do what on Thursday? Get ready for Sunday again. And that's why you can't play with your kids on Saturday because you're always up Saturday night trying to get a word. And then you, you're sitting there going, give me a word, Lord. Give me a word. Give me a word. Here's a word. Go take a nap. That's what you need to do. <laughs> you're tired. The church tired. They drag themselves in here. Y'all, you folks get one a week. Come on, say one a week. That's it. One a week. I, I, I respect and honor the work of God. But we are in training to go out into the world and make a difference in the world. You can't spend all your time in here and never go out there because that's who we're called to. Go ye therefore into all the what? World. Go, come on, go ye therefore into all the what? World. You got to get out of here. So I'm going to let you out in a few minutes. You got about how many minutes? Six minutes. Get you out of here. We leave in 29 minutes I've been preaching. We're getting out of here. And I, I know I bother people. Why are you time yourself? Because I, so I can finish. I need to finish. A wise person aims at a tower. He's intentional. And his goal is to do what? Finish. Church is the only school you go to you never graduate from. You come in here and you go to class for 20, 30 years and you never graduate. Do you want everybody to leave, Pastor Rick? No. But I do want you to grow. I want you to go ahead and build something that God's put in your life. I want you to have a plan for you. What's your plan for you? I want you to begin to pray and believe God. And when people leave and people move on to other cities, we've had about probably six, 7,000 members in our church since I've been here. And we've got about 3,000. That's good. Hey, hallelujah. Everybody can't stay. People need to move on. People need to grow. People need to let, let God. And listen, I tell people, if, you, if, you, if you're not happy, you know, I understand. I want you to stay. I love you. But I don't, I don't this, is, this is more about training you for your life than it is about you hearing me. It's about you understanding that this is all about you. He gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, teachers, all for the perfecting of the saints. The word perfecting means the maturing, the, the mending. It's a word that means to mend the bone, the cartartizo, to mend the bone. It's, I am called to heal you so you go do the work. It, it's, it's more about that than building big numbers. I'm not against big numbers. I'm glad we have a lot of people. 
But I, and I think it's a healthy sign. Growth is a healthy sign. But if growth is all about ingrown toenail Christians, where all we're doing is growing internally, and all we're doing is celebrating who we are, we've lost sight of the gospel. Come on, say amen if you're hearing me. The gospel message is about all of us banding together to finish the mission that Jesus started. Then lastly, watch this now. A good plan prepares you for the vulnerable seasons which, when you don't have power. I love this story because if you look at the text again in Luke 14, 28, what he said, which of you intending to build a tower does not sit down first and count the cost whether he has enough to finish it? The goal is finishing. For at least after he has laid the foundation, he's not able to finish. And all who see it begin to mock him. Sandin's man, he began to build but was not able to finish. If you go up a little further, I love in verse 31, he says, Oh, what king? going to make war against another king does not sit down first and say, I'm going to lose. He got ninjas. I saw them practicing with them nunchucks. They got missiles and guns and boats. And we don't have anything but spears and some swords. Let's go negotiate with him. I'm in a vulnerable state. You know what you have to admit sometimes when you sit down and count the cost? We're vulnerable. Let me tell you something. If you, don't have, if you don't have money, you're vulnerable. If you don't have the tools to defend yourself, you're vulnerable. You can dance all you want to. As long as you have a mortgage, you are vulnerable. Can I get an amen, somebody? Amen. Let me tell you something. It's good to have margins. Praise the Lord for margins. 10% of your income goes to mortgage debt here. That's good. Praise God for that. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. But let me tell you what you want. Zero percent. You want to have, now I'm going to say something that may bother some people. You need, if you get sick right now, if you fall down and get physically ill, you need to be in shape. Your body needs to be able to fight, help you fight off this issue, virus, whatever coming. You need to make sure, you need, that, that, that should encourage you to eat right and try to take care of yourself. Who, who's been sick before, real sick? Raise your hand. What, what was important? Your health, right, at that moment, right? The condition your body was in. That's why you should take care of yourself because you never know when it'll come on you. You need, to, you, need to be, you need to be looking at your finances, sitting down saying, you know, we need to sit down and look at this because if I can't work for a month, if they say stay home for 30 days because we all can't mingle, if they said to a church, you can't have church because of the coronavirus or whatever. <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now what a lot of preachers will say, y'all going to have to believe God, wear masks because y'all got to come to the house of God because, shoot, because they know you got to bring them offerings because the only way they receive it is coming in the building. Tell you what I'd say, y'all stay home. This is Pastor Rick. Welcome to our streaming live service. <laughs> shoot, what? Hmm. <laughs> That's right. I get all the cameramen to wear masks. They be over there. I be over here. <laughs> Everybody. That's terrible, Pastor Ricky. I'm trying to help you. The devil is a lie. I ain't quitting. I got a plan, praise God. I'm not going to quit. Come on, amen. I got a plan. I ain't quitting. I mean, at some point in your life, you still laughing on that point, that terrible all right. <laughs> Shoot. I think I'm playing. <laughs> you, 
you have to realize that you're in a vulnerable season. Here's what he said. Oh, while the other still is a great way off, you send a delegation and say, hey, let's, 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 let's find some way to make this work. So likewise, whoever of you does not forsake all and focus on this one thing. In this context, he's talking about him, serving him. Next time I'll come to you, I'm going to talk to you about something that's really interesting. Today we talked about your plan for you. Next week I'm going to talk about your plan for enough. I'm, I'm, I'm concerned that some of us have settled in and accepted less than God wanted us to have. So what is your plan to have enough resources, money, time, education, etc.? What, what does it feel like to not have enough? Man, what does it feel like? To look at your bills or to look at your time, to look at your, and to not have enough. And let me tell you, man, that's, that's I see people, um, man. This week, uh, one of our members passed. We, we buried her, and they asked me to come to the hospital because they had to make that tough decision, you know, to unplug and her. And, and um, I, um. Uh, I was there. They wanted me to be there for this moment. And as I sat there and I watched the monitor and I realized her time's up. Man. And I watched them sing. I watched them sing her into glory. Then they played this song, man. I played when my mom was going through that hard time by, by Donnie McClurkin. Stand when you've done all you can. I watched a little grandbaby pray. She's eight years old. I watched her sing and cry and sing. And I thought, if that girl can sing and cry, Pastor Rick can stand here, this family. Enough. Man. Father, help me have enough time. Help me have enough time. Help me not take things for granted. Help me be more intentional, more focused, more mature, more honest. Some of us have been lying to ourselves, but we need to get about finishing this job. We need to deal with our vulnerabilities, and we need to stand up and act like we really want to build this tower. Let's all stand together. Sometimes when I'm tempted to be lazy, I'll have a, a brief conversation with myself. You may call this extreme. But I'll look in the mirror if I get really in a bad shape. And I'll say, Ricky Temple, let me ask you a question, sir. What do you want? It's up to you. Tell me your desire. 
told God you want to build a tower. How serious are you about that, sir? You want your marriage to be strong? You want your health to be strong? I need you to tell me today, sir, what you want to do. Tell me what you're going to do today. Sometimes I have it in the bed. No, sir, do you want to catch this plane or do you want to be late running to the airport? What do you want to do, sir? Tell me your plan, sir. Lay your clothes out. You know yourself in the morning. You don't like, you're not a morning person. Give yourself a chance, glory to God, to be successful today. Shave tonight if you need to. Give yourself a chance. Sit down, sir, and count the cost. Stop lying to yourself. That's what I tell myself. That's what I tell myself. Lord, let us leave this place today. Honest. More honest than when we came. More truthful. More in touch with reality. Do I want to build this tower or not? Am I intentionally going to do this or not? If not, look at the preacher. Stop lying to yourself. Your actions do not say you want this to work. Your words do not say you want to build anything. So live with what you got. At least be honest. I want to stay broke the rest of my life, God. I want to go from man to man, woman to woman. I want to be, I want to be held by this pornography bondage for the rest of my life, looking at somebody that's not real and dreaming a phony dream that ain't true, drooling at people. good guy sent me a note the other day. He said, Pastor, I'm free from pornography for three weeks. It's good, man. I'm glad for it, but he's a minister, too. So let me ask you a question. So you got a daughter? So you got a daughter coming. Do you want your daughter to do that? So girls tend to like what daddy's like, you know. Boy, that's a scary thought. He got so quiet. He got really quiet. He said, man, Pastor Rick, that's an amazing thought. She'll catch you watching it, thinking those thoughts. She'll see it when you look at people in the mall. She'll pick up your spirit. Try to be what daddy wants. I'm sorry, I don't know how I got off on this. Somebody needed this, I guess. What are you building, pal? Sister girl, what you building? What kind of tower are you building? Sit down, please. Count the cost. See where this is going to lead you.
We leave today thinking about our plans for us. Lord, I pray we leave here today sincerely committed to hearing your word in our hearts. If there's anybody here that doesn't know your Savior, let this be the moment they pray the prayer. Jesus, come into my heart. Be the Lord of my life from this day forward. May this be the day I trust you with my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Sometimes in life, you hear a message that can help you. I hope what you've heard today has helped you. I want to pray for you today that this can be the beginning of a new way for you. Father, I pray for those who've heard this message. May it give them life and strength and courage. And I pray that they would find help and healing in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for being with us. We're glad you're with us. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.